Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Thank you. No, you're the guy, man. No, I'm telling you, we love talking to you. have been you. for years for us. I mean, you've probably been on with us off and on for, what, like 10 years. We love having you on. Well, no, I know. Well, it's because of like the uh, the the fee that I get from you guys is so large that I, just, I have to keep coming back on. <laughs> you know, you ought to be you ought to join us at payday here, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I hear I know the business, man. We're exactly. All, uh, we're all day. We're all day to day. It, it all still beats working for a living, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, big audiences for the conference championship games, Richard. I'm not surprised. Uh, are the networks happy with their viewership on these? You think? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, okay. the um, you know the Bengals um, Chiefs game was. Um, I mean, that's an immense number. Even even in the universe that the championship games, you know, usually at this point consistently are drawing more than forty forty five million, um, you know, viewers for for that final Sunday. You know, you're putting up. 53 million viewers for that game, a peak of 59 million viewers. That's a that's a massive number. It was up 10, 11% from last year. CBS put out some number that, you know, it's one of the highest uh, view championship games over the last 10 years. The other game drew less. Uh, I think, you know, literally just came over. I think it was 42 million or something to that effect. But, you know, so much of that, of course, is that game was a, um, that game was a blowout. And so I take that back, Mike, at 47.5 million for Eagles Niners. I didn't mean to downgrade that. And a peak of 52 million. I mean, these are just, you know, these are incredible numbers in a, in a time where there's very little things that Americans agree on. I think we could say, you know, we live in a very polarized world. And to get this kind of communal viewing on some kind of entertainment property is honestly incredible. So I think if you're in the NFL, you're overjoyed. And the likelihood is if the Eagles-Niners game was a little bit closer, that number would have been over $50 million as well. Um, do you think the scrutiny on announcers is is ratching up a little bit more? And I don't know if that it's so – but I just – I've heard a lot of stuff about Tony Romo lately and, you know, Al Michaels, who to me I just like – became God with the AD Olympics. And so it's really hard for me to get mad at him about anything. But do you think the scrutiny – 
is getting tighter on these guys to to do more or be better entertainers. Like the whole Michaels Herb Street thing was just a snooze fest all season. I don't know if it was them or if it was the games they had, but that was not a lot yeah, of fun. So I, yeah, so I can um, you know I can sort of give you a sense as to why this is. The scrutiny is higher, but it's not that people have more opinions in 2023. It's that we have more access to those opinions. Mm. Social media has changed the game on announcer critiques. And the fact is that, like, once upon a time, we're the only person who might talk about, like, how the announcers did, like, was a Rudy Martsky type in USA Today or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Now, literally, every person who has a Twitter feed can offer commentary on Tony Romo and Greg Olson, Kevin Burkhardt, Al Michael. So that's what's changed. It's just the access to people's opinion have changed. I think a lot of it is overweighted to the negative. This should not be surprised to you guys. Sure. Because very rarely do people go on social media and say, like, this is great, or, you know, great job by Al Michaels on that third down call. It's usually, and, and obviously, you know, much more prevalent to say, this guy's terrible, this guy's regressed, this guy's that, this guy's that. So I think to answer your first question, unquestionably, we are seeing more opinion. The reason is it is because we have access to more people's opinion. The real interesting question is, do the networks see this stuff and do they react to it? I think sometimes they do, and I think sometimes they don't. A perfect example of when they did is ESPN when they saw their, you know, uh, Jason Witten, Booger McFarland, Joe Tessitore team just getting, like, destroyed on a week-to-week basis, they started getting reactive, and they're like, we got to figure this out. A smaller example is now long forgotten. Do you remember Mike Carey, the rules analyst? Do you remember there were weeks and weeks and weeks where he was basically being crushed for having the wrong opinion on what the referees were going to do? And so eventually CBS, in my opinion, CBS eventually moved him, not because they thought he was particularly bad on air, but because they thought they just wanted to end the – news cycle reaction. So to me, the, even the more interesting story is less about the announcer critique and more about how does the network react to the announcer critique. Richard Deitch is joining us, a media writer with The Athletic and also doing radio. You're still doing radio in Toronto, Richard? The radio gig has ended. Ah. The, uh, yeah, yeah. It was a good run. It was a four-year run. And then, uh, like everyone else in this business, the uh, – the suits and management bought me out. So I listen, I appreciate them paying me a bleep load of money, far nice. more than I deserve. Nice. So uh yeah, so we're I feel like we're even. I mean I would have liked to have continued but uh but they they, they compensated me very well and to get me to uh move to Toronto, which is a beautiful oh, North American it's city. Awesome. For yeah, but it's awesome. Did they buy you out in Canadian or American? <laughs> They bought. It's a good, first of all, it's a great question. They bought me out in Canadian. I would have loved to, if they if they would have bought me out in uh, in American, my friend. I would have a beach house in Maui. Yes, ah, yes. Hey, were you surprised, Richard, that going into this football season? And correct me if I'm wrong here. So Amazon Prime Video comes out, and they you know they hire Al Michaels, and and obviously Tariqa was on his way at NBC anyway. So NBC makes a change. Fox makes a change. You know, um, Troy Aikman left first, right? And then Joe Buck ends up following him. So Fox makes a change. And ESPN made a change. The only crew that really stayed the same was CBS. That's a little unprecedented for one season, is it not? It caught me off guard. It is. Yeah, we've never had a – there's never been an announcing kind of musical chairs like we saw this offseason with the number ones. You know, these these jobs are – 
you know, it's like the Glengarry leads. Like these are, these jobs are impossible, generally speaking, to get. There's only been a few amount of people who've ever been number one analyst, number one play-by-play in the NFL, so they don't turn over for you know obvious reasons. But this offseason, we saw massive shifting because Amazon came in and wanted obviously bring in a significant uh, you know significant talent. They talked to Aikman before they got Herb Street. Obviously, eventually they brought in Al Michaels. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to see this for a while. You know, Buck and Aikman are very set at ESPN. Long-term contracts, that's not going to change. Even with whatever criticism you see, Nance, the Nance Romo booth is not changing. Tariqo Collinsworth won't change. Collinsworth still has a contract for a number of years. Tariqo, obviously, is, you could probably argue is now the face of, of NBC. Yes. And the only one that's sort of now up for grabs now is Fox. Uh, Kevin Burkhart will be your play-by-play person. And the real sort of variable is, will Tom Brady retire? and then come into the booth and, and become the number one, or does Tom Brady continue? And then next year you'll see Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhardt again. Hmm. Uh, I want to ask you in particular, just going back to one moment, because I thought it was interesting, and just the, the whole night um, with DeMar Hamlin and just how ESPN's coverage was that night. And I, I just thought it was interesting because, you know, everyone would say, well, we've never seen this before. We, know, well, we have. We just have never seen this on Monday Night Football. And the audience was gigantic for that game. And I, I'm just wondering, like, what do you think the networks learned about coverage in those kind of situations um, and how the announcers can be human or not human? You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that to yeah. me, I think that was a, one of those groundbreaking nights. I think back to, like, the World Series, excuse me, the World Series um, earthquake or, you know, maybe even – Jim McKay during the Olympics, that was one of those nights, wasn't it? Or am I a little bit over overblown? No, no, it's a a great question by you. I think what they learned is that the importance of not speculating and the importance of recognizing the tone of what's going on very quickly. Where where we are, in my opinion, in terms of being in a better place as sort of a NFL society is once upon a time, like that, you know, like we celebrated or the broadcasters, I should say, like, celebrated big hit after big hit, right? You had all these like highlight videos of like, you know, jack them up, blast them. Like people now sort of know like how serious concussions can be. People, I think now broadcasters now understand like the seriousness and the violence of the game. So what I think ESPN learned and what I think they did very well that day is they just understood the tone and the mood very, very quickly. You didn't see Buck or Aikman or Lisa Salter speculate. They only basically talked about what they saw with their eyes. They made no speculations on, um, on injury concerns. And then I thought like, particularly Booger McFarland when they went back to the studio in a very tough position for those guys, right, yeah. I just think he was like, he was just right, right away. He's like, you can't play this game anymore. Like I, as a former player, like I, I just cannot, I could not get back into any kind of place where I should play the game. And then finally, and you know, again, this sort of this quote unquote controversy has passed, but you know, full marks to Joe Buck, who clearly like delivered on air what he had been what had been relayed to him from some kind of NFL official about that they want to restart this game or in five minutes or ten minutes. And then obviously the NFL, after the fact, said, "Oh no, you know, we would never do that. We're, you know, it's all about the players. The players make the decision." So I thought ESPN did well. They just like it. They handled a very very hard news breaking situation very thoughtfully. And, and very adroitly. Um, the converse of that would be, again, people just speculating or, God forbid, you get some hot take artist who starts just like, you know, going off on some nonsense or stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I thought they did well. You're right. It's not unprecedented. We, I mean, 
We've certainly seen this before. I mean, if you're old enough, you remember Hank Gathers and other things like oh, that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. you know, this is t- like, you know, in many ways, like the football part is the easy part. It's like stuff like this that's really, really hard and sort of, and sort of like, you know, it shows the people who are pros and separates them from the people who are not. All right, Richard, I, I want to make sure we get to this too. Where are we with Bally's and the future of these regional sports networks, especially with, <laughs> you know, Cleveland has, you know, Great Lakes and Ohio. And, you know, I'm just wondering what, like, what's the future going to look like for these regional sports networks if bankruptcy is on the way for Sinclair? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, what, what it looks like to me is I think a lot of, a lot of unknown and uncertainty for viewers of those sports teams. I think long-term, ultimately, the teams are going to own the product. The product's going to go back to the teams, and then the teams will have to figure out, do we create our own you know, network the way like the Yes Network is created in New York? Um, but MLB, I think, at a certain point, I mean, this is probably, they should have done this a while ago, but they have to come in and figure out a way to get this inventory back. I, you know, financially, I don't know how that works, obviously, because they have some long-term deals in each of these individual cities. But um, you can't continue to not get your product in front of the people who, who want to view it. And that's been baseball's problem now for a long time. I think in the very, very short term, you know, I, I, I guess we'll have to see where the bankruptcy proceedings are. But, you know, there may be a way for sort of Bally's to continue, like, literally airing this stuff within bankruptcy. I'm just not a financial expert on this. I'm not a bankruptcy lawyer. Sure. But I think, like, the near – the medium to the medium term solution ultimately is I think the teams are going to take back this inventory and then MLB is going to have to figure out a way with the teams, like how to sell this in and distribute it. And I imagine at some point we're going to get into a streaming. Um, we're going to get into a lot of streaming companies that put this on, uh, you know, it, what, what the, you know, what it looks like in New York that's going to happen very soon is like the yes network. I think literally being able to, uh, sell Yankee games to consumers who don't have cable. And, and that would be my expectation around um, the country is eventually you will have the option to like buy this sporting event uh, without like going, you know, through Comcast or charter or, you know, or whoever your cable carrier is in your particular region. Does that eventually cut down on the eyeballs on pro sports? Cause I, I would think, you know, the concept is interesting, sell it directly you know, to the consumer, but what if the consumer doesn't buy? Yes. The short answer is yes. It, 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 it will, in theory, reduce the number of people who will purchase that product, which then, and this is, again, just me sort of uh, crystal balling here, which means that the product will be more expensive to those who want it. So if you want it, like if you want all 162 games, you're going to have to pay for it to become a premium product in the way, um, you know, it costs more money to watch a game in a suite, let's say, at the stadium than it does uh, – you know, if you're in the upper deck, but yeah, um, I think, I think that the, the, the logical sort of conclusion to this for me is it becomes a fairly expensive product for the people who want it. And then the real question is, and this is maybe the existential question in sports, right? Is like, how much are you willing to pay for this stuff? Right. Um, and we, I ask that every day, like, you know, I, I'm a big soccer fan, a global soccer fan, but at a certain point, I, I can't be paying for like 10 different streaming subscriptions right just to like have all of these different um soccer games available to me unless like i'm just willing to pay for that and that's my discretionary income 
So that's where we're heading towards as sports consumers is you're just going to have to ask yourself, like, how much of this stuff is worth it to me? You know, most Americans make the decision, like, 10 bucks, 12 bucks for Netflix every month is worth it to me. So if you're a, you know, if you're a Guardians fan or, you know, if you're a Mets fan, you're going to have to make the sort of a determination at a certain point, like, how much am I willing to pay for this product on an annual basis? Richard, always great to have you with us. Thank you very Thanks, much. Man. You got it, man. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.